break 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 You're listening to Breakthrough News, and this is The Punch-Out. We're following the news all day so you don't have to, giving you everything you need to know about what's in the headlines and what should be. And yes, we are back here on The Punch-Out, 10th of February, 2022. Very happy to be back with you here on the show, and plenty for you here on the show as we always do. We're going to talk about a major union fight going on in South Africa. We're going to be talking about Michael Bloomberg joining the Biden administration. But before we get to either of those two very important stories, we want to start with Amazon's tax holiday. We recently reported to you how Netflix paid very little corporate tax last year to the federal government and also the few years before that. Well, we're back with a similar story today. But this time, it's Amazon. As the Institute for Taxation and Economic Policy, or ITEP, relates, Amazon, quote, reported a record $35 billion in U.S. pre-tax income for fiscal year 2021, a haul that is 75% more than its 2020 U.S. earnings of $20 billion. Just as notable, the company's effective federal income tax rate of 6% means it avoided about $5.2 billion of federal income tax in 2021. If Amazon had paid the statutory 21% tax rate on its 2021 U.S. income without any tax breaks, that would have been a tax bill of more than $7.3 billion. Instead, the company reports a current federal income tax expense of $2.1 billion, end quote. Now, of course, Amazon isn't even really breaking the law here, just taking advantage of the asteroid-sized loopholes in the tax code designed to help rich corporations and rich people pay very low taxes. As ITEP further details, quote, tax credits account for $1.1 billion of the company's tax avoidance with deductions for excess stock options, accounting for another $1 billion. The foreign-derived intangible income deduction accounts for another $300 million. As we have noted previously, these are tax breaks that Congress has endorsed and even expanded. This means that Amazon's 6% tax rate is a result that lawmakers have enabled and could prevent if they summon the political will to do so, end quote. ITEP also lays out that at the state level, Amazon is getting something like $4.1 billion in state and local subsidies in exchange for building warehouses and shooting movies and TV shows in various places. And just like Netflix, this paying little to no federal taxes is not, in fact, new to Amazon. And since the Trump tax cut in 2017, they've been skating on their tax bill. In 2020, Amazon had a 9.4% tax rate. And again, that rate's supposed to be 21%. In 2019, Amazon managed a 1.2% federal tax rate. It's $162 million on $13 billion of pre-tax income. And not to be outdone by themselves, in 2018, Amazon actually paid no federal taxes. They actually got $129 million back. So their effective federal tax rate was negative 1.2%. The ITEP report on Amazon's taxes also notes how while paying little to no federal income tax, they are aggressively trying to push out every possible competitor in their 
broader market sphere. They make so much money on a range of their businesses like web hosting and so on and so forth that they are using the prime services to generate tens of billions of dollars in losses. Yes, they're making the prices so low so that they lose tens of billions of dollars so that their competitors, who mainly don't have huge cloud service businesses to keep them afloat, are ultimately forced out because they can't keep up with Amazon's pricing. So Amazon is making huge sums of money, paying very little taxes, massively abusing its workers, and trying to make itself the nation's only retailer. What a great corporate citizen, huh? Michael Bloomberg, one of the world's richest people, former mayor of New York City, and failed 2020 presidential candidate, has now joined the Biden administration to be the chair of the Defense Innovation Board one of the many federal advisory committees that are a major avenue for corporate influence in the government. The Pentagon announcement of the appointment said they were tapping Bloomberg to, quote, leverage his experience and strategic insights on innovation, business, and public service. Saying further that, quote, his leadership will be critical to ensuring the department has access to the best and brightest minds in science, technology, and innovation through the team of diverse experts that he will lead as chair of that board. Bloomberg himself stated, quote, innovation and adaptability are absolutely critical at any large organization, and there's no organization bigger or more complex than the Department of Defense. With rapid advances in technology happening alongside rapidly evolving threats to our national security and the safety of our service members, our largest government agency must also be our most forward thinking. The context of this announcement comes as the U.S. government is pumping huge sums of money into private industry for defense technology and partnership with private companies so-called defense technology. A lot of it's really war technology. As Defense News notes, quote, in December at the Reagan National Defense Forum in California, Lloyd Austin, defense secretary, said the Pentagon intends to work better with private industry to develop high-tech systems and to strengthen relations with allies in the Indo-Pacific region to maintain a competitive edge over China. And, you know, one element of this, of course, is the Competes Act that's making its way through Congress right now and provides over $100 billion in what is basically free money for private corporations where the government will subsidize research and production costs for various high-tech products. The Defense Innovation Board is, as we mentioned earlier, one of many federal advisory committees. Major corporations sit on these committees, of which there are a number advising every department, and push their agenda under the guise of giving advice. For instance, rigorous research has shown that advisory committees played a key role in close coordination with PACs and lobbying groups to develop and push through NAFTA. Overall, then, Bloomberg's appointment is a clear signal of how seriously the U.S. is gearing up for strategic competition with China. That the president would appoint one of the nation's top business people to coordinate the interrelation between the Pentagon and corporate America on high technology certainly speaks to that. And it's worth noting that more money is actually being appropriated for this than repairing America's broken bridges. Just another example of the nation's priorities at work. In South Africa, thousands of workers have been on strike since late November against an Israeli company who seems to be trying to break the union, run the company into the ground, and open up the South African dairy market to international producers. The company at issue is Clover, the largest dairy employer in South Africa. In 2019, Clover was bought by Milko, a large Israeli dairy company that also operates in the Palestinian territories occupied by Israel. When the merger happened, Milko said they were going to increase the number of jobs, but then basically right away started getting rid of people. First by moving production to higher cost areas of the country, forcing hundreds of workers to quit because they couldn't afford to move to live in new areas. 
Then there was the illegal cancellation of workers' year-end bonuses and the arbitrary and also potentially illegal firing of hundreds of workers. So as a result, 5,000 workers went on strike and have shut the company down. In response, the company has not only continued its austerity measures, but workers alleged is behind Molotov cocktail attacks on union leaders to try to intimidate the striking workers. On Monday, one of the picket lines at a clover plant was attacked by thugs and three workers were hospitalized. Reportedly, two of them have been locked in the plant, held hostage and tortured. Clover claims they have no role in this, but it's very unclear why a group of people disguised as taxi drivers would just randomly show up and start beating workers at a picket line. Interestingly enough, the attack comes shortly after the last meeting with management, where Clover tried to backpedal a bit and claim they would reinstate some fired workers. However, at the same time, they were putting in notice that they were actually going to lay off more workers, and they continue to insist on a wage cut of 20%, as well as wage freezes moving forward. Unions have presented a counter plan to save money at the company, but they are also skeptical of company claims of being down on their luck, noting that Clover has continually increased revenues by over 200% in recent years and recently massively expanded its dividend payments to shareholders. And this is why workers are demanding the nationalization of the company because they smell a rat behind the whole deal. And they are arguing that it seems likely the company is deliberately trying to destroy Clover so as to open up South Africa's dairy market to other Milko products imported from other countries. The workers' fight has gained broad solidarity, and their war council, as they call it, has the support of both of South Africa's main trade union federations, several of its largest unions as individual unions, and several of its most well-known socialist and communist organizations, presenting a fairly impressive front of workers to help sustain the struggle. Workers are now saying they are preparing for a quote-unquote renewed offensive against the bosses. Without a doubt, this is a major labor struggle worth keeping an eye on for all those around the world interested in workers being paid what they're worth. That's the punch out for today. We're with you Monday through Friday, 5 p.m. here in New York East Coast Standard Time, 2 p.m. in Los Angeles Pacific Standard Time, and 9 p.m. GMT. And of course, you can support everything we do here at Breakthrough News at patreon.com slash breakthrough news. It's your patronage that keeps all of our offerings here at Breakthrough News moving forward. And of course, you can check us out across all your social media platforms, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, at BT Newsroom. 